So what I want to do for a little while this morning is to focus on uh, what faith is. Because that's a pretty important question, really, isn't it, for us if we're believers? If we're believers, we, we uh, are people who say we have uh, faith, and a very specific kind of faith, a very distinctive faith, a very definite faith. And we'll go on to look at that uh, uh, as we go through uh, this uh, passage, or at least uh, I'm going to broaden it beyond this passage a little bit today as we look at this theme of faith. But uh, I'm sure that if we were to take a poll of everyone here, uh, or not so much a poll, but ask you to define what you think faith is, um, I hope it wouldn't be too varied. I hope it would be fairly similar at what we would say. But maybe if you went down to Princess Street and you asked people in the street to give a definition of faith, you might find it's very broad and uh, very different. So it's important that when we come to look at the scripture, not just on this subject, but on any subject, that we know what the Bible teaches and we know what the Bible means. We know what Jesus Christ means when he talks about faith. Uh, Because, you know, words aren't simply malleable Uh, to make them anything we mean. Sometimes that's easy. Sometimes we like doing that because uh, we're challenged by the meaning of words. But it's important, isn't it, that words have meaning and that they mean something tangible and important. Uh, When you're in a car and you come up to a sign that says stop, it's important that we know the meaning of that word and that we stop. Otherwise, we might get plowed into by a lorry that's going the other way. When someone says, I love you, it's important that these words have meaning, that they have depth, they have weight, that we know what they mean, that they're backed up by our actions. In the summer, when you go down the Royal Mile and they say that there's a free tour, you want that tour to be free and you're not going to be very pleased when they ask you for money at the end of it because it's deceptive. And because it's not really a free tour after all. And church has many different connotations for many different people in many different ways. Uh, But we need to find, uh, particularly in spiritual matters uh, that are so important, what the Bible teaches uh, and what the Bible defines and says faith is uh, in this particular instance. And that is so important with faith because this is God's word. It's God's message. Uh, It's God speaking to us. And one day, we will stand before God. You might not think so now. It might seem very far away. But one day we will stand before God. And it will be a disaster if we haven't bothered to find out what he means by certain words. Or if we've ignored them or rejected them or just made up our own version of them. Because it maybe pleases us or it's easier. Very important that uh, we recognize what God says. In verse 6 of this chapter that we read together in Hebrews, there's a very weighty and significant statement. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. And that's a very important statement. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And it matters that we are pleasing God or that we are 
under God's favor because we will stand before God and because God is our creator. He is also our redeemer and is the one to whom we are accountable. So it's important that we go back and look, uh, particularly in this uh, chapter, but maybe broaden it out a little bit more as well to see what uh, God says. I'm going to do a four by four thing very quickly. Four things that I... That in general thinking and uh, uh, discussion, uh, faith is not. And then four things which faith are, which faith is, sorry, uh, biblically. I think faith is definitely not being gullible. Okay? We sometimes speak about uh, doing something in good faith. You know? Well, I, I bought this car of someone, you know, and I gave him. 500 pounds in good faith. I wasn't to know that when I turned the, the key, the doors fell off. And, you know, I just did it in good faith. And that's kind of being gullible, isn't it? We, we don't know the person and uh, we've accepted something from him. We've done a, a, a deal or uh, an interaction with him without knowing them. And it can often be unrealistic. It might work out sometimes to take people in good faith. And you may argue it's an, a nice thing to do. But it, it's, it's not biblical definition of faith, being gullible, just taking uh, someone at their word at that level. But not as it, secondly, it's not also wishful thinking. A lot of people uh, take faith and would describe it in that way. It's kind of a, uh, um, that you have faith that something, something's going to happen in the future. I've got real faith this year that in Edinburgh there's going to be eight weeks of a blistering hot summer. I've I've got real faith that that's going to be the case. Or that I'm very, I'm not well and I've got great faith that I'm going to recover from illness. Um, it's a, more like a hope. There's nothing wrong with it, but it's not faith, biblical faith. It's a, a kind of intangible hope. It's a longing that something might happen that we want to, ha- want to happen in our lives without necessarily any real evidence or anything to back it up. Wishful thinking. Nor is it in the third place just positive mental, a positive mental attitude. You know, have faith in myself. You know, just believe and you can be what you want to be. You can be anything you want. You know, kind of self-help, philosophical uh, thinking that uh, we just have this great, if we just keep telling ourselves we're fantastic, that we're brilliant, then we'll be great preachers, that we'll have full churches because we're great and significant and important and we believe that. And it's almost a, we keep just telling ourselves that things are good and uh, we have faith at that level, a positive mental attitude. And I'm I'm not saying a a positive mental attitude is necessarily a bad thing. I'm just not equating it with faith. And it can be unrealistic if we don't know ourselves and know our limitations and know our gifts or our lack of gifts in certain areas. Nor is it, in the last piece, nor is it just a feeling you know, I suspect that when you go down to Princess Street and ask people what they think faith is, most people will say it's a feeling. Just, well, you know, I've, I, you know, I've got a subjective, even about spiritual things. They'll say, it's, well, I've just got a feeling that it, it, it's real. It's, uh, it's vague. You know, I, well, I'm sure you speak to a lot of people and they say, yeah, I've got faith. I've got faith. Uh, maybe if you take it a little bit further and ask, well, what, what have you got faith in? You might discern it, you might, you know, unpack it a little bit. But very often people say they've got a general faith in something, something beyond themselves, um, something that they don't question, that doesn't really impact their lives, is just there. It's just a lump of faith that is there in their lives that doesn't 
really make any difference. More like a feeling. Now, these are some of the definitions and uh, thinking about faith that maybe we come across and maybe we have to a greater or lesser degree ourselves. But that is not what the Bible talks about when it's talking about faith. Faith is not defined in many places in the Bible. Uh, There's not a clear uh, definition given. But there is one here uh, in this chapter in in one or two places. Faith, we're told in verse 1, is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. And uh, without faith... It is impossible to please God. So there's this sense in which faith uh, here, and as it's defined biblically in the first place, it's a solid trust in God, in the person of God. That's what it's not a vague, ethereal thing. It's not something undefined. It's something very clear. It's an absolutely clear, sure, and certain hope for what we do not see, that hope being uh, in the person of God as, as we, we go on to see in this chapter. It's a confidence in him. You know, right in the middle of really dark times in the book of Job, in the Old Testament, Job is able to say, I know that my Redeemer lives and in the end he will stand upon the earth. This great unshakable, confident faith in the person of God that Satan tried to utterly and completely destroy in the person of Job. Or maybe the conviction that comes from Paul in Romans 8.30, I am convinced that neither life nor death, neither angels nor demons, past or present, powers, uh, height nor depth, or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of Christ that is, the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That firm conviction and confidence and uh, that truth that we, we have sometimes sung in the Psalms in Psalm 62, he alone is my rock and my salvation, he is my fortress. So these are words of great personal conviction and of great uh, relationship with God. And it's a strong and confident faith that uh, is in direct opposition to the instability of life and uh, of our experiences where so much is changing, so much is unpredictable. I mean, even in, this, in the world in which you live, if you, you click on the news feed of, of, of uh, uh, any website and you find just now all the instability, all the uh, changes that are happening and the reality uh, of uh, people's lives being turned upside down, uh, losing uh, friends and loved ones, all kinds of things happening. And yet throughout that all, uh, there is for believers this solid trust in God that changes everything for us. It should change the way you look, the way you think, the way you act. It transforms our surface experiences, whatever they may be. I'm not suggesting for a moment, again, that our surface, surface experiences are all going to be smooth because we trust in God. But it's, it's kind of like that picture of being uh, diving deep, deep down in the ocean, which I have never done and I hope never to do, ever. Uh, because it absolutely scares me even the thought of it, having anything like that. But people do it and they're diving deep down and you see it and maybe on uh, screens of the television, everything is amazingly calm and smooth where, they're, where they are. And yet, it could be a force 10 storm 
on the surface. But what lies underneath is absolutely calm. And that, you know, that picture of that solid trust in God, that our faith is not dependent on the uh, condition of uh, the waters on the surface, which may indeed be battering and may be unstable and may be insecure and may be giving us difficulties. But our trust comes from this deep-seated peace of knowing and believing and being in relationship with the living God. That really is that peace that passes understanding that the Bible speaks about for believers. And if you've gone through troubled times, you'll know that deep ocean experience, whatever the turmoil seems to be, uh, on the outside. So that's solid trust in God, being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. There's this great solidity and surety. Uh, it's, you know, so often in, in the Bible, God is spoken of the rock, you know, because it's a rock that doesn't move and is absolutely unchanging. Great to have that. But it's also this uh, God, uh, faith is this God. Uh, whom we have come to know. Faith, it's not just a vague faith, it's a faith in the person of God. So it's a personal relationship. Verse 6 speaks about faith. It's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him, we come to him by faith. And we believe that he exists and he rewards those who earnestly seek him. It's a language of personal seeking of relationship with, with this living God. It's an objective reality that we come to know this living God. He's not a figment of our imagination. We don't just believe in a God that we want to believe in, that our own personal Jesus. Uh, we believe in uh, this God who is revealed. And not only do we believe the facts about him, uh, the, the concept and the reality of faith, uh, biblically and, and the uh, the word study of faith leads us to a, a much more of an entrusting ourselves to that person. It's not just you know about God. It's not just you uh, think about God or you even believe in God. It's that you've entrusted your life and you've entrusted your future and you've entrusted your heart and soul to him as he's revealed. Knowing him personally, hugely significant element of faith, trusting in the one who can be known. This is the God who reveals himself to us through Jesus Christ, who we are separated from by sin, but who we can come to know through the saving work of Jesus Christ. This God who, as verse 2 tells us, is our creator God. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is not made is made of what is visible. Isn't that great? You know, a lot of people spend lots of time arguing about creation and trying to argue people into a, a, an objective belief that God created the world. It's a, that's good, but it's, a, it's an act of faith to believe that. We need to believe in God by faith as the creator God. That's not saying that there's not evidence. It's not saying that uh, we don't need to work through all the evidences of a creator God, but it takes faith to believe it's a God who is a redemptive God. If you go back to the previous chapter, chapter 10, and at verse 12, it speaks about this God who is uh, Christ who has come and offered for all, uh, for all time one sacrifice for sin, sitting at the right hand of God. It's a God who has come in the person of Jesus Christ. It's a God, God that we can look forward to giving us great things in the future. God has planned... The, it's, it's kind of, in a sense, it's the key... Uh, probably the key verse of the whole of Hebrews 
in terms of the theme that we've, we've been looking at, God has planned something better. Christ is better. Something better for us so that only together with us uh, they would be made perfect. And there's this great hope of a future. So we have this knowledge of God that our faith is in Jesus Christ who is revealed in the word. And can I, I know I've said, I've spoken a lot about this, I've said a lot uh, about it in the last little while, but if you just remind yourself of the importance of John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, then through to verse 14, the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So you've got this great um, uh, symbiosis between the person of Jesus Christ and the Word of God. So we've got this great link this great reality that the word that we read is not a history book. It is not simply a textbook, but it is a living word of God where Jesus Christ reveals himself. And it's, 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 it's the hand of faith that reaches out and grasps the knowable, living, loving God through his word. You know, that's why it's so important for us because the word for us isn't something we just read ritualistically. It's not something that we just stick in front of us and take a little portion of now and, now and again because we think somehow it ought to be good for us. It's a living word by faith. By faith it's a living word that equips us and guards us and keeps us and is sure and is certain so that our lives are not built on quicksand. Quicksand. People don't think about quicksand anymore because people don't watch cowboy films anymore. And cowboy films, there was always a dreaded moment when the, so, the, the, the cowboy ended up falling off his horse and landing in quicksand. I had nightmares about quicksand because they would just slowly go down and all that would be left would be the hat and a bubble. It was awful. I had t- terrors of the night thinking of quicksand. We never don't have quicksand really here. As far as I know, not many places. But if your life is built on anything other than Jesus, it's built on quicksand. We're sinking and sinking fast. And his word is there, so important to us. Now that will be until I die. And I hope centuries beyond that, if God so ordains the world to go on, that this place will be a place where the pulpit remains in the middle. Because the word of God, symbolically that is important, because the word of God is central. The word that we sing, the truths that we sing from God's word, the prayers that are educated and, and governed and led by God's word will always be what is central. We will never be a funky place to worship. Okay? Don't come if that's what you're looking for. This will be a place where the word, the living word of God will be central and by faith that word will uh, transform your life. And that remains absolutely crucial. But remember, even the real power isn't in the church. It isn't in the preaching. It's not even in the word per se, in the bare word. But it's through faith. It's grasping the Christ of the church and the Christ of the preaching and the Christ of the word. That's where the power is. So don't come here to listen to nice, neat, good sermons or sing good songs You come here to meet with the Christ of the songs and the Christ of the word and the Christ in prayer by faith and through faith. 
That is hugely significant for us. So that we see and remind ourselves that uh, faith is this solid trust in God. This trust of the one in whom we must come to know. And I ask the question to do you know him? I'm not interested in whether you know about him, but whether you know him. Whether you love him. Whether you've entrusted your life to him. And whether he, you have this ongoing conversation with him through his word. And that you pray and that he speaks. So the third thing in faith, and I'm moving beyond this, this passage, I'm, I'm just looking at these early verses, which gives a definition, but moving on, uh, to recognize that faith is also in the third place, it's part of the rescue package of God's wonderful salvation. In Ephesians uh, chapter 2 and verse 8 and 9, we have this great salvation redemption package, which says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, And this is not from yourself, it's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. So we've got this great gift, this great salvation package that God gives us that includes faith and includes grace for us. In other words, faith is not that, if you want to define it, it's not that um, instinctive or intuitive or natural ability that we have to believe in something. Now, I have faith, for example, that Daniel Sladek tonight will come here and preach on the Fifth Commandment, the new uh, Old Testament version of the cause, and he'll preach a good sermon, and he'll be well prepared. I've got faith in that, because I know him, and uh, I know that he's a good guy, and I know that he prepares things well. Uh, but that's a perfectly natural thing. We can work in all of that kind of faith, and someone that we know, and someone comes to him. But the faith that is spoken about biblically is a gift, part of God's gift to us. It's that God-given ability to rely on what Jesus Christ has, or God has done for us through Jesus Christ. It's nothing we can do, nothing we can add. So you can't come to God and say, hey, God, I've got a really great faith. I'm sure that'll add to your salvation that you've done for me, and together we can work out some way to heaven. It's not like that. Even the gift of belief is from God. Because we are dead in our trespasses and sins without him. Dead people can't believe. That's why the imagery is so stark. It's not saying we're just not a little bit unwell. It's not saying we need a little bit of fine-tuning. It's we're dead. And we need the gift of God and the gift of grace and the gift of faith. And that gift to us is something that we can ask for. So that salvation comes through him. It's God's protection for us from unbelief. From satanic unbelief and from his fiery darts. The great protection chapter of the armor of God in Ephesians, the shield of faith which protects us. God gives that to us to keep us from unbelief. You will struggle because I will struggle because we all struggle with degrees of unbelief today and tomorrow and the next week. We'll be, we'll have launched into our hearts unbelief and unbelieving thoughts and unbelieving doubts. And uh, faith is what God gives us to protect us from that. Uh, And it's what helps us to move from intellectual knowledge into trust in God. Intellectual knowledge can be a very dangerous thing, especially intellectual biblical knowledge for all those of you who are studying in theological seminaries at the moment uh, in and around Edinburgh. It can be a great thing, of course, but it must always move from the head to the heart. And you must always be dependent on God's grace and God's faith to keep you humble in your knowledge and to move you from the open book 
to the bended knee. There must also and always be worship that accompanies our knowledge. And so, you know, we, we say, the person who came, the father who came to Jesus, do you, Jesus said, do you believe? He says, I believe. Help my unbelief. That just means, help me because I don't believe as much as I ought to and I should. And I hope you pray that. It's a great, it's, it's the, in many ways, one of the greatest prayers to pray. Because do we not always need more faith? Do we not always just believe in a tiny little way and need to grow our belief? And he said, Lord, I believe, help me. Give me a greater belief. And there's a, in verse 6, you know, about in faith it's impossible to please God. Anyone who comes to him must believe he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So we've got that great, our movement towards God is that earnest seeking after faith and after his person. And there's this passionate energetic moving towards him not just waiting back and say well one of these days maybe God will drop some faith into my lap but rather this real and meaningful seeking of him which is why prayer is so important isn't it as a congregation we pray together for more faith to to be a, a beacon of light in the city to see the place full not for any self-aggrandizement or any patting ourselves in the back because the city is so big and so full of so many people none of them hardly ever come to hear about Jesus and are heading for a lost eternity and we long for more faith so we'll pray and show God we're serious about that too and we pray in our own lives because we need that gift from him increasing Lord I believe help my unbelief thirdly and then lastly and very briefly we've seen faith is a solid trust in God It's it's a God who by faith we have come to know personally. And faith is part of that uh, rescue package, redemptive package that he offers us. And it's also uh, a transformational uh, faith. Faith transforms us. In other words, that kind of militates against the, the idea that, you know, sometimes we'll speak to people and say, oh yeah, I've got faith. But it actually doesn't impact their lives in any way. It's just, it's an appendix there. It's just there. It doesn't seem to have any role or any purpose in their lives. Whereas biblically you'll find again and again that it's faith that transforms people's lives because it's the channel through which they are linked with God, their Savior. And maybe you take a letter like First and Second Thessalonians to the church in First Thessalonians 1, verse 3, he says, Paul says, We continually remember before our God, our Father, your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love or in verse 8 again he says the Lord's message rang out your faith in God has become known everywhere it was transforming this people it was well known it was uh, uh, the motivation for hard work and he goes on again in the the second letter he writes to them in verse 3 he says we thank God for you because your faith is growing more and more and the love of one for, uh, of you for each other is increasing. And both these passages, he links faith and love. That's interesting, isn't it? The two are linked together. But it's whatever it is, it's transformational. It's practical, in other words. And hopefully next Sunday morning, we'll look at this chapter, which is full of people from the Bible whose lives were transformed by faith, whose lives were changed. So it gives us our spiritual work ethic. It gives us this transforming power. Uh, it is something that as we ask for it and as we live it, it is reputable. Imagine that. Our faith being reputable, being known. Being known of other people because 
being spoken about as it was in the church in Thessalonica. And it's growing. If we're stagnant, if we're just coming and every week we're the same, we're not really, I'm not really understanding faith and grace. Because it's this gift that he promises, that his arms are open to give us, he's longing to give us it. It's not that he's unwilling. And uh, we have a need for it. So there's this great continual progress and there's this dynamic uh, that our Christian lives oughtn't to be stale, should they? There should be a dynamism about them. It might not be that dramatic because we battle and struggle with lots of things, but our faith nonetheless should be deepening. You know, sometimes it's like under the water thing. It's quite peaceful and quite, but it's, it's something that's growing and developing. It's a developing adventure into the wonder of the character and the nature and the will of God for us. And please remember that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And yet, faith is his gift. Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray briefly about that. Father God, we ask and pray that you would help us to be people of faith. We thank you that we don't need to work it up in ourselves, that we don't need to beat ourselves up and we don't have enough faith as if it's something that's a self-made recipe uh, that we don't need to uh, be concerned about that. You simply ask us to be children who come to a father for good gifts and ask for faith and ask for wisdom and ask for grace and ask for courage and strength and ask that we would be able to carry our own burdens uh, because your burden is light because it's the burden of Christ. And you also ask us to bear one another's burdens. Remind us of these things. Help us to live by faith. May this be an amazing week of prayer when we uh, physically expose ourselves to dependence on God by coming together in all the, um, all the uh, uncomfortableness of getting out of bed early and... Uh, how inconvenient it might be for us to be here at 7 o'clock in the morning or 7 at night. May it be a mark of belonging, of uh, being, having a sense of ownership of the work here and, and also recognizing that this is God's church and this is God's work and it's God's kingdom of which we play a very small uh, but blessed part. So help us, God, we pray in these things and bless us as we sing together our parting song. For Jesus' sake, amen.